the maid. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it, Father God. I just simply give this up to you, Father. Thank you so much for your hands. Thank you for your feet that you've offered to us at the cross so we can continue to extend hands and feet, Father God. Lord, I pray for this message, this word, that you would just resonate in us. Be personal to us, Father. I push aside my opinions and my thoughts, all of me, and I decrease myself so you can increase in me. You have my words. You have my mouth. You have my lips, Father. Minister to us the way you want to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen and amen. Now, I'm going to do two things in one at the same time. I love doing that. What is it called? Uh, two birds with one stone? That's what I'm doing. I don't have any stones, but I'm going to do it today, okay? So here we go. So uh, today I'm going to be talking about the title of the message is The Time Is Now. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, The Time Is Now. Okay? And the reason why I say two birds with one stone is because at this time, if you graduated high school, if you graduated college, I want you to stand up for a second. Stand up. If you just graduated high school or college this year, this year, stand up right now, okay? Don't worry if you signed up or didn't sign up. That's not what I'm asking. I want to recognize you guys today. So we got one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to ask you five, come up forward, okay? You weren't expecting this, weren't you? And go ahead and just stand and face me right here. I have a little message for you guys, Okay? I really didn't want to do this without recognizing you guys. And I'm like, God, how do you want me to do this? And just how it tied in together was awesome. So church, just a few minutes, I'm just going to be talking to these guys right here, okay? You know, it's, it's really good and it's awesome that you're at this position. First and foremost, congratulations. You did it. But you can't, you can't sleep in. I'm just letting you guys that right now from experience. I thought I could, you know, after it was done now. It just keeps going and going like the Energizer Bunny. Okay, but I just simply wanted to say congratulations to you five because this is a huge, huge accomplishment in your life. I mean, think about it. 18 years, you know, roughly, you guys have been having the same routine, doing the same thing, probably having some parents and guardians in your life that are just motivating you, pushing you, even when you didn't want to. You remember those times where you're in bed and you're like, ah, should I play it off or not so I can stay in bed? (laughs) Guilty parents, guilty. They laughed at it, okay? (laughs) But those times were good for you. Those times were motivational times so you can get to this point today. You know, we wrapped up our journey series the last five weeks. You guys remember that journey series? And and I really hope it spoke to you guys because the journey is going to continue on. This might be a little different. Agenda might be a little different. But I just want to say this. Your journey is not over, okay? And I want you to remember, this is not just a graduation ceremony or graduation that you're going through your open house. It's not just a graduation, but it's your launching pad. It's your launching pad. You know, let's think about NASA for a little bit, all right? Let's, you remember class, you're like, oh, more school. (laughs) Here we go. So you have NASA who, for many, many years, had done a lot of studies in are, are, are all over the, the space and everything, and they wanted to send men to the moon. But before they sent and launched that rocket, they had to work on details. They had to invest your time. They had to do a lot so that launching day could happen. And launching day happened in 1969, and, and then all history is there. We, we, we know about it. And I want to remind you, the reason why I use that is because during the last 18, roughly 18 years in your life, There's been a lot of detail, investment, and work that you had to put and that people in your lives had to put, you know? And it was for this day here so you guys could be launched into this world. You know, you hear it all through your life that you have potential in life. You guys have potential in your life, and you do. 
You have a lot. You can do any. You can dream big. You can, you can go wherever you need to go, do whatever you want to do. But let me remind you something. In your potential with Christ, there's security. I'll say that again. Your potential in Jesus Christ brings security for your life. Let me remind you what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. Okay, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. Okay? And when I think about the plans of God, and I think about what God has for me, I really think about blueprints. Okay, blueprints are typically made before something is built or something is done. You think about a house. Before we can even start a house, there needs to be blueprints. And God has these blueprints for your life that is going to continue to be built on as you go on your journey on, on earth. And don't forget, it is God's blueprints for your life, not your blueprints. God has created a masterpiece in you guys. God has created so much more that he just wants to use you. He wants to show you his hand, and he wants to show you and overwhelm you with your love. Now, maybe you're in a fork in the road, and you're like, ah, oh, what am I going to do next? What does it look like? This is what I'm going to say to you. you. You may not know what your future holds, but you can definitely know who holds your future. And that is Jesus Christ. But here's the key to what you need to do to your next chapter. Okay? Action. Say action. Okay? Action is the key for your future in Christ. If you take the steps you need to take according to the word of God. But with that action, by taking those first steps or those next steps, make sure your faith is in it. Now, the Bible says in Moses, that Moses had a rod in his hand. And because he took action with that, hand, with that rod, that a whole nation was delivered from the enemy. You know, the, the Bible also shares that Samson had a, had a, had a jawbone of a donkey. And because he took action in, in, in God, that he slayed a thousand men. Okay, uh, the Bible also says that David had a sling and a rock, and he took action with faith, and a giant was defeated. Isn't that pretty cool? Now, the Bible also says that you have Jesus, and if he is for you, who can be against you? No one. Nobody. And so this action requires Jesus in your life and in your journey. This action is really the common denominator for all these guys in the Bible and you guys for you to release God's power in your life. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised where God takes you. Be obedient and be faithful where God takes you. So I'm going to give you a charge, okay? I love giving charges. This is for you to keep in your hearts forever, all right? And your charge is this. Guard your heart from the counterfeit trinity, which is me, myself, and I. Because that's not God, all right? But, but make sure you serve the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You live for the Father, you imitate the Son, and you be led by the Holy Spirit. And everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. God didn't call you to be a good starter. God called you to be a strong finisher. And you stick with that in your heart. Let me pray for you guys. Father, can, actually, church, can you extend your hands towards them just agreeing with, it, with me on this one? Father, I thank you for every single one of these uh, young adults, Father God. 
that are taking the next step in their journey, Father God, I thank you so much that your hand, first and foremost, of protection is on them. Thank you that we're able to celebrate the accomplishments that they're going through right now, Father God. But may your anointed power flow through them, Father. As they leave, remind them that they are the light of this world, that they are needed by you, God. Father, those moments where they, they have to make certain decisions, give them the reminder through the power of your Holy Spirit to choose what you want them to choose, Father God. Let them stand strong, Father, even if it means they're alone on this one. And all their friends are looking at them. Let them stand for you. I declare a blessing. I declare a release that they continue to serve your kingdom, Father. It is your heart, Father, that they're after. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all agree and say amen and amen. Give it up for these guys. We have a gift for you guys. So if you turn around, you can go back to your seats. Oh, man. I didn't want to cry, but it was awesome. <laughs> you know, thank you guys so much. You know, guys, I, I did speak a little bit to these guys, but reality was, and the reason why I tied it with around the message time is because that's not just for them. You know, it's a season of time for them to, to receive that, you know, and, and, and it's their next chapter. But reality is the time is now for you as well. And so we're going to continue on going into this thing, and I'm just going to see where God's going to take us on this. But I want to remind you, the time is now is not just for the graduates, but it's for all of us as well, too. You know, I was asking God, okay, what does this look like? Obviously, we go to Scripture, which, by the way, who brought their Bible? Make some noise. All right, who brought their phones? Make some noise. All right, so there's a lot of people. Now, if you don't have version, you better download it. It is a free app, and it's the Bible, okay? And you, we typically never forget our phones, so just download version. Yes, we spoil you guys up here. We give you guys what you need, but we want you to continue to practice to going into your Bible and just making sure that you have God's Word continually in you. Uh, it's just a good tool to have. I, I mean, I carry it with me a lot. I have a few copies, but it's just something I just want to carry on because I might have an opportunity to just share something. I need to remember, oh, where did it go? Where was that, where was that chapter at? Mark it up, highlight it, do what you got to do. But let me remind you that the time is now, okay? The time is now. Well, what do you mean the time is now? The time is now not to play around. The time is now is to get serious with God. The time is now to continue to share his message. The time is now is to be the hands and feet of Christ. The time is now to not have a pity party about yourself, but say, God, use me in any way you want me to use me. The time is now for us not to fear not. 365 times the Bible says fear not once for every day. Fear not because he is power. He is mighty. And so I, as I was reading John chapter 4, that's you guys' uh, uh, take home right there. I won't read the whole thing. I'm actually going to just run through it. But John chapter 4, I'm going to encourage you, church, read this chapter this week. Allow the Spirit to, to, to show you some things. But let me, let me set up the play for you guys, okay? So we got John chapter 4. And Jesus and the 12 disciples. And the Bible tells us as he's traveling with these disciples that they need to go from, they need to return from Judea to Galilee. But they have to go through Samaria. Okay? They have to go to Samaria. And during that journey as they're going, there's a point in this journey where the Bible says Jesus gets tired a little bit. A little bit thirsty. He's a little hungry. And he needs to take a break. And the Bible tells us in John 4 that there's this well, Jacob's well is what it's really called. And he just tells us, hold on, guys, let's take a seat. Have you ever, ever done that in a hike or a journey? Whew, you need a second. And Jesus needs this second right now, okay? And he's sitting on this well, 
And obviously I'm paraphrasing it, but, but he's a little hungry and he's a little thirsty. And, and so the disciples decide, let's go to town, let's go to this village and, and let's, go get some, let's go get Jesus some food. Okay, let's, let's, let's fuel him up. He's obviously tired, he's hungry. Let's fuel him up. So the disciples end up going, the disciples ended up uh, going to the village and to the town and that. Well, in the midst of Jesus just kind of hanging out at the well, this woman shows up. The Bible says a Samaritan woman, and if you know history, Samaritans and Jews didn't associate with each other. And so as, as Jesus is there, he's, he's sitting on the well, he, he looks at the lady, the lady minding her business, sees him, but she's like not going to associate with him because he's a Jew, okay? And, he just, and, and, and he's, uh, he's just sitting there and he asks for a drink of water. Lady, draw me a drink of water. Now the lady's reaction is not, uh, you know, okay, let me help you out. It's, why are you associating with me? Why are you talking? Do you not realize I'm a Samaritan woman? So you can see the hostility that was built in this lady already. We continue on the story. Jesus shares who he is, actually calls out her life by saying, go tell your husband to come here while I kind of tell you some things. Well, I don't have a husband. That's right. You had five, five husbands, and the one you're with right now is not even your husband, which kind of showed the lady, wow, you are some great prophet. But then she starts explaining to Jesus, I'm waiting for this Messiah they call the Christ to come, and he will confirm everything to me. And I love it because this is the point where Jesus reveals himself. And as he reveals himself to this lady, he says, I am he. And as that journey, that, that conversation happens, the lady leaves the well while the disciples come. And by the way, the disciples saw this. And the Bible said in John 4 that they saw him speaking to this Samaritan woman, and they didn't want to say nothing, but you know they did inside. They want, have you ever wanted to say something? Be like, I don't know if I should say something, but somebody's got to say something. And then you start telling somebody, hey, you, I think you need to go tell them something right now. <laughs> what they're doing is not, not right. I think they're having that moment right there. Okay, they're having that moment. And, and this lady gets touched by Jesus, runs to the village, shares the story about the encounter, you know, that she had with Jesus, gets people excited, and now these people are coming to Jesus. Samaritans that did not associate with Jews. The power of God happened. It was a God moment. But these disciples are struggling, okay? They're, they're, they're wanting to talk to Jesus about this. These disciples are just not understanding what Jesus is doing. And Jesus explains a couple of things as they go. So I'm going to encourage you guys, read that chapter. Long story short, Jesus continues the journey. He goes to where he needs to go in Galilee. So why did I share that whole story? There are two points I just want to simply give you. One point is going to be kind of quick and pretty easy. The second point is what I want you guys to digest and chew on, okay? And the first one, obviously, is it's go time today, okay? The time is now. We know that, all right? Because Jesus said while he was there to the, to, to the disciples in John 4, 35, he says, wake up, look around you, the fields are ready and ripe for harvest, Jesus, referring to people by saying this, was pretty much saying the time is now. It's time to take action. It's time to get to work for the kingdom of God because these people need it. But can I be honest with you? We're going to go into the second point now. Can I be honest with you? When we have a plan, we hate being interrupted. Have you ever had a plan and you didn't like being interrupted by something? <laughs> the second point is this. Interrupt, interrupting moments can be God moments. And this is where we're going to sit for the next few minutes. Say, interrupting moments can be God moments. 
going back to my story, I absolutely love game planning when it comes to my schedule, when it comes to, you know, my life period. Um, I have three different schedules, and this is how much I love game planning, okay? I'm a play-by-play person, okay? So I, lo- I got three schedules. I got my family schedule. I got my work schedule. I got my ministry schedule. I got my church schedule. I got all these things. Not only that, my wife has a, and that's all on my phone, my wife has this uh, actual journal that has paper inside. You guys know what I'm talking about? I know it's ancient, but it's an actual journal thing, a calendar with our summer schedule ready to go. So many times we, we, we plan out things and we execute it every single time because I absolutely love play-by-play. Amen to that, anybody? Now, when someone comes in and interrupts my plan and my play, here's confession, I don't like it. Now, I smile at you. <laughs> I'll smile at them, but I'm like, man, my, 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 my plans just got interrupted. But can I be honest with you guys? It is those interrupting moments, those interrupting moments that God works the most. Because it's no longer Jesse's schedule. It's God's schedule. It's God's divine appointment, actually. And so when you look at this, these God-given moments, I mean, even this morning as I'm walking in, my, my whole plan was, okay, wake up the kids, wake up the wife, let's all get ready, we're all going to church. And off the bat, two of them need a little bit more attention this morning, so now my better half is not here. But I still trust God. I'm getting my two older kids, we're in the, in the vehicle, we're driving here, we're praying, we're laughing, you know, we're hanging out. We pull in, and I say, get in the car, and there's an opportunity for someone that just needs a little help this morning that I got to sit down with them and lead them to Jesus. An interrupting moment. See, my plan was to come in, let's sit down, let's have our meeting, and let's talk about what this morning is going to look like. Let's pray some things out. Let's believe Jesus because we have it in our calendars. We're planned. We're ready to go. But Jesus is saying, hey, there's going to be some interrupting moments as you go because I have a plan for your life. It is my blueprint for your life, not yours. You want this elegant, extravagant thing? Let me ordain and bless whatever I'm going to build in your life because that is God's plan. So when you think about it, interrupting moments, yeah, a lot of us don't like, but interrupting moments in Christ is so rewarding and fulfilling for God's kingdom. You know, let's go back to the story now that I talked about in John chapter 4. Again, I want you to read it later, okay? But the disciples had an interrupting moment. The disciples had a real interrupting moment because Jesus interrupted them. They were on a journey. We're going to talk a little bit about history here. In John 4, 4, same chapter, verse 4, though, it says that he, Jesus, it says that he had to go through Samaria on the way to Galilee. There's another translation, New King James Version, where it says that he needed to go through Samaria on the way to Galilee. He needed to go. Can you pull up my map really quick, please? I'm going to show you an image. This is uh, in my Bible, okay? And you probably will see it in your guys' Bible, all right? And this is John in the chapter 4 now. Can you see that? Well, I highlighted some things. But there's a map in my Bible in this story where it shows all the areas that Jesus was walking at this time of the story, okay? Now, if you look, you got Judea in the bottom, Samaria in the middle, and uh, Galilee on top. Do you see that? Did you know that when Jews who were in Judea that needed to get to Galilee would travel, they would travel around Samaria to Galilee. They would go around it. They wouldn't go through Samaria because they didn't associate with them. 
They didn't associate. So when, when, when the Bible tells us in chapter 4, when the Bible tells us that Jesus needed to return to Samaria and that he needed to go through Samaria, there was an interrupting moment for these 12 disciples because their plan was, let's go around to Galilee because we don't associate with these people. But Jesus made it urgent. It was an urgent thing for Jesus to say, hey, no, we need to go through it because there was going to be an interrupting moment that Jesus was going to do in the disciples' life so they can learn something. A woman can be touched and a whole village can be saved. Is that not an interrupting moment for the 12? And so you can see now where they had to leave for a little bit. Personally, I believe the reason why Jesus sent them off because he knew that moment was going to come and they were going to hinder it because their hearts and their mindset were still hostile towards those people. So Jesus needed that one-on-one moment with that lady. So you look at the, what the Bible says, and the Bible says that, that as they went through Samaria, in other words, Jesus interrupts the journey, he has that moment with the lady. And that interrupting moment, hear me out, that interrupting moment gave an opportunity for that lady to accept Jesus at the well. What was the common denominator that I talked talk to the, the uh, graduates about? You guys remember? Shout it out. Oh, y'all forgot already? I'm not giving you the answer. You're going to answer it, okay? What is the common denominator that made Moses raise his arms up and a nation was delivered? That made Samson grab a jawbone and slay a thousand men? That made David take a sling and a rock and kill a giant? What was the common denominator that they needed? What is it? Action. Action. Here's what I'm trying to say. Interrupting moments can really damper the way we act for the rest of our days because it ain't going well. We're in a hurry now. I'm behind now. But if we keep our faith in Jesus in the midst of an interrupting moment when it's not going our way and we continue to take action and what God wants us to do for the day, those interrupting moments become God moments. You know, it's, 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 it's my responsibility, it is my privilege when I get a phone call and they're saying, I'm in the hospital for the next five days or so-and-so, or this happened. I didn't want to call you because I didn't want to bug you. No, no, no. You don't understand the fulfillment I come because I know there's an interrupting moment that I'm going to look at my wife. I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to say bye to my kids for just a moment. I'm going to drive over there, and I'm going to believe God is going to have an interrupting moment, a God moment with these people where I believe that their healing is going to come. Or I'm going to at least share the gospel to somebody, at least that, and make sure their life is secure in Christ. Think about your day for a second. Think about your journey. When you are behind, how is our demeanor? How is our attitude? How is our mindset? Who are we yelling at that don't deserve to be yelled at? I mean, I'll raise my hand. I'm a little guilty about it sometimes because it's not going the way I want me to, it wanted to go. I had it all planned out. I had it all schemed out. But, but God's saying it's during those interrupting moments that action is the key to the whole thing. You don't stop being faithful. You don't stop showing my life, my, my light. You don't stop showing the fruit in your attitude. I'm going to veer off a little bit. Did you know, all right, God, did you know that people, the lost, those that don't know Jesus, when you treat them as they belong, their belief system starts coming into Jesus, and then they start behaving differently for God? But a lot of times, we want them to believe first so they can belong to the family of God. And then we expect them to behave. 
And when that's out of order, just like that, we lose them. We lose them. Why did you say that? Because in those interrupting moments, when we're not in the right heart, attitude, mindset of God, we can treat them that way. And we go home, and we analyze our day, and we don't even realize we had such an opportunity to lead someone to Jesus. Seven years ago, I had an opportunity at a gas station. I'm not even sure if I shared this with you guys, but I had an opportunity at a gas station to just pump my gas and leave me alone. That's what I wanted to do. I got to get to the office. I got to drop my kids off at school. But for one moment, God told me, go talk to that person. And I'm going to be honest with you. I said, no, I haven't got time right now. I got to get to this right now. That's important, God, and it's your work. And God says, go back and go do what you have to do. And I did. I, I followed through what God wanted me to do, and I had to check myself before I opened that car door to go talk to him because I wanted my heart and my mind to be right. Can you imagine me going up there and just saying, all right, do you need something, dude? <laughs> Hurry, man, because uh, if, don't, don't, don't beat around the bush. Just, do you need something right now? Can you imagine that? that ad- Is that a God moment? No. Is that representing the king? No. Long story short, let's fast forward it. I ended up talking to the guy, spending about 30 minutes with him, and he gave his life to Jesus. I did my best to plug him in somewhere. I, I, I don't know if he ever plugged in anywhere, but I did everything I could, and I said, Lord, at least I planted the seed into their hearts. At least I planted the seed into their hearts. What moments in your life that keep getting interrupted? Man, it happens all the time. Every single time, this, it happens all the time that God's trying to show you to do something. I believe when we're in a mode that it happens all the time, I believe that when we're in that cycle, it happens all the time, and we just haven't graduated that spot yet. That's why. So God's looping it right back so you can learn. Speak better. Looping it right back. Act better. Looping it right back. Love better. Love like me. And when you graduate those moments, when you, when you get over that, that, that demeanor of, you know what, it's my plan, and, and start realizing it's God's plan, they don't become interrupting moments anymore. They become obedient moments. They become moments of, of, of just the fact that, God, you're using me for what you want me to do. Action is the key. I had a conversation with Madi uh, a few days ago. We like discussing scripture a lot. And sometimes it can kind of be prideful, <laughs> but we have fun with it. We're like, well, the Bible says this. No, but the Bible says this. You know it's extreme when your daughter and you're about to discipline her. She says, Dad. The Bible says you have to treat me like you want to treat others. You can't spank me, Daddy. <laughs> you know you're doing something right. <laughs> I had to remind her of some other scriptures. But my, my wife and I, we were just talking the other day, and she says, you know, Jesse, do you know when we take action, which we're kind of talking about, and we give our life to Jesus, we've entered into this race. I'm like, yeah, yeah, scripture says that. And we, we all can testify to that. We entered into this race. And she says, but no, 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 no. She's like, when you, when you go into a, a natural race, when you go into a race, she says, Jesse, think about when you did the 5K. I did a few 5Ks with my son. She goes, your first time, your first journey, the first time you ran that race, what was your experience like? And I said, not fun. <laughs> you know, there was things, I, uh, roads I didn't realize I was going to be running on. You know, I just kind of figured the finish line is here, the starting line is here. She goes, exactly. That's what I wanted you to say. She says, but you actually had an experience that you had to go through to the finish line. 
I said, yeah. She goes, what were some of those, those spots? So I said, I remember starting where Collin Park was at, and we're after Heinz Factory, it kind of goes into this incline hill that curves. Man, I hated that hill is what I told her. That was hard. I go, after that, it wasn't too bad. You know, we had some shade area. Uh, we kept just going by some areas, and we, I finally made it to the finish line. But the hardest part was that part. And she said, okay. She said, you raced it again. I said, I did. And she goes, and how did the second time go? And I said, well, I was ready. I said, I, actually, the first thing that came to my head was like, once I get over that, mount, that mountain, that's how I saw it. Okay, once I go over that, that hill, okay, that little incline, I'm good. I'm going to coast it from there. And I got myself ready, and this time around, it wasn't bad. And she said, it's because, it's because you allowed the experience of the obstacle to train you and build you. If you didn't run it the first time, you would have never had it, uh, known about it. You would have never grown from it. And she goes, I only say that is because a lot of people, now I'm, my wife's preaching right now, okay? <laughs> because a lot of people, she says, they start this life in Jesus and they look to the, to the finish line, heaven one day. But they forget and neglect that we have a life here on earth that we have to run. It's called a race here. And she says, and they don't, they, 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 they don't want to, they don't want to live for Jesus because they want to be as comfortable as possible. They don't realize that there's an incline here that they have to go so they can grow from. So they just choose, I'm just not going to do it because they're so focused on, well, I'm just going to heaven. And so they miss out on all that God can do in their life. They miss out on people they can touch and an influence that they can be. We have to embrace, we have to allow those moments, those hard moments or those moments where we didn't plan, interrupting moments, those moments that, that we did not plan. We have to allow God to continue to work in us. So when it comes around again, or when we face that obstacle or, or issue or problem again, Mind, heart, and body is ready to go. God did it once, he'll surely do it again. God did it once, he'll surely do it again. The number one thing that God called us to do, the number one thing, with two parts to it, he says, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said these two, obviously one's superior, but these two are the same. And the common denominator for that is love the way Christ loved. So if you're having an issue right now, if you're in a situation right now where you're just saying, you know what? That's never going to change. I try my best, but that's never going to change. What does that try and look like? Is it me trying to fix the problem, or is it just me simply loving on that person or that issue or whatever you're going on? Because when you get to that point, it's like you're running this incline hill, this race. And as you conquer it and experience it, it'll only get that much better for you. But you have to embrace it. Interrupting moments can be God moments if you let him, and I'll say that again, if you let him take the lead in your life. You know, she also said this, we're in a race not to win. You see, in the natural, we're in a race to win. But with God, we're not in a race to win. We're actually in a race to finish. And finish strong is what God wants us to do. And when you have the mindset, I'm here to finish what God wants me to do, you realize the reason why I'm not running to win is because I already won the moment I said yes to Jesus. 
because he did that part for me. Then church, why do we try so hard to make ourselves right before God when God says, I've already sent my son to do that? Church, why is it, why is it that we're, we're so in a position of, of trying to make sure things go the way it's supposed to, but it's not because they're not cooperating. They're not doing it the way they're supposed to be doing it. And so we let that affect our whole life. And what we're doing is we're dwelling and we're thinking about it day and night. But I do recall the Bible saying, hey, you should meditate on my word day and night. Have a heart check for a second. Let's have a heart check. What is that one thing? Who is that one person that I've been holding something against? I can't let them go because what they did was not cool. But I'm good with God. So God, I bless them right now, and I forgive them. But then we're washing the dishes, and, and we're, that still wasn't cool. What they did, but God, you're a big God. You can bless them. You also forgive them. You're doing laundry. They're still not that cool, though, what they did. But God, you died for their sins, too. You're in the shower. Still not cool what he did or what they did. But God... Send people to go and talk to them so they can repent. How many moments do we have of that? Think about it. Heart check. Heart check is not always easy. Sometimes it hits places that you were trying not to hit. Because God is saying, I need you to finish strong. I don't want you to. I need you to. Because God is saying, I need you. I need you to do the will of God. Without hands and without feet in the natural, we go nowhere. But with hands and with feet in the body of Christ, we go somewhere. God wants to take us places. And there will be interrupting moments. There will be. You know, we know the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4 all the way through 8. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it's not jealous. Sometimes we pull the list out and say, you're not acting in love, see? And then we end it with, but love never fails. And we so meditate on that. And by the way, yes, that's great. But we never really, and I mean it, from my life and from my conversations, I always want to bring it right back. We never talk about the first three verses that leads up to the love chapter. And I'll paraphrase it. Where, where, where the Bible says, you can, you can know the heavenly language, you can have elegant speech, but if you don't love, <laughs> you gain nothing. You can sacrifice, you can give to the needy, you can you know, serve all you can serve, but if you do not love, <laughs> you gain nothing, you are nothing. You can speak prophetically. You can, you can know everything that God has and in store. But if you do not love, you are a clangy symbol, a noisy gong. To me, I'm like, that's just annoying, okay? And that's where it goes into, but love is patient. Love is kind. We need to remember, just because we're here doesn't mean we're good. Just because you're faithful in attendance doesn't mean you're good. What identifies you as a Jesus follower, what identifies you as I am his disciple, 
is the love of Christ that you express through your, your whole life. There will be hardships. There will be smooth sailing. It's life. Regardless, God said, don't stop loving. Don't stop loving. There will be moments where you just, it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. But God is going to use you in that moment to love like no one else is loved. To love more like him. And when you do that, God brings fulfillment and reward in your life. And I guarantee you, he will bring fulfillment and reward in the other people's life that is around you. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads. Simple message. The time is now. We need to remember that. And be interruptible, if that's a, if that's a word. Allow the interruptions to happen when God does it. To see what his mighty act is going to look like. His hand, his feet. Father, I pray right now. I'm going to take a moment, God, just to minister to their hearts. Minister to my heart right now. What does this look like? Am I pursuing a perfect life or am I pursuing a life to live for you? Lord, I know we're not perfect. I know we're not perfect, God. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will show the perfect love you have for us. Your word tells us, Father, we've all fall short. But at the end of the day, it is because of Jesus we're right back where we belong. And that's in your eyes. With all eyes closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you believe with your heart, you confess with your mouth, mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. And, and, and to really add a little bit more to it, you'll be saved from eternal separation from God. God wants you to have a life and life to the fullest is what the Bible says, which is the reason why he sent his one and only son. But for you to allow that to activate in your life, it's telling us you need to repent from your sins. In other words, I'm sorry, God, and I'm turning away from it. I want to go your way. But you have to believe with your heart that you're also forgiven by that. And when you do so, you have been, a part, you are now adopted into the family of God, and your race begins. If that is you, and you simply just want to give your life to Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. All eyes closed, okay? One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. Shoot your hand up high. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? This is your time. God bless you back there. Your time. God bless you over there. I see your hands. God bless you right there. You can put your hands down now, guys. This is your time. The time is now. God wants to do something miraculous in your life. Allow him to. Anybody else? You're saying, that's me. I need, I want to just, or I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Is that you? Raise your hand. I just want to, I've been kind of doing my own thing. But now I want to really be serious with my God. Is that you? Raise your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Let's all put our hand over our hearts. Just repeat after me, okay? Say, hey, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love that's unfailing. Thank you for sending your son for my life. Jesus, I believe in you. I know you died for my sins. 
for your forgiveness. You paid the price when I was supposed to pay it. You paid the price when you didn't deserve it. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Lead my life. Fill me with all of you. As I leave these doors today, I pray right now that I will sense you and I will see you. But most importantly, I will hear your voice. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We celebrate by saying amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Hallelujah.